0: Is that what I'm saying?
1: Rough Trade Radio. Oh,
0: wow. yeah. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade
1: Radio. Rough Trade
0: Radio. Is it radio. Rough, trade radio? Oh, a Rough Trade Radio? Rough <laughs> radio. Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough <laughs> Trade Radio. How's
1: that? Hello and welcome to this episode of Shoplifting. I'm Emily Waller and today I'm delighted to be joined by my guest, Brett Anderson. Brett is kindly here ahead of his sold-out book launch at Rough Trade East, celebrating his brilliant memoir, Cold Black Mornings, which has received a great amount of praise prior to release. Perhaps unusually and refreshingly for a musician's memoir, Cold Black Mornings chronicles Brett's youth, his family, friends and everything that came before the success of Suede. And Brett is here with me now. Hi, Brett.
0: Hi, Emily. How are you?
1: I'm really good. bit cold.
0: A bit chilly. It feels like a bit of a cold black uh, afternoon. Doesn't it does. It? Yeah, the it's, the uh, Baltic
1: conditions in My feet in are
0: a, a, a kind of numb. I'm kind of regretting not wearing my, <laughs> my thermal socks today. But... <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> Sorry to get that personal so early on. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But
1: yeah. better notes start off yeah, on. Yeah, no, no. Um, I'm pretty <clears> positive I don't need to ask you if you're familiar with Rough Trade. You've actually just sat here and told me that you used to live in Notting Hill and are familiar with our Rough Trade website. Oh, of shop. course,
0: yeah. I've I spent, I spent much of my life um, shuffling around the, the, the one on Talbot Road, so I, I, kn- I know it very, very well. I know that this one um, not quite as well, to be honest. But we actually did a, did a show here a couple of years ago. We did a show for... Um, an album called Bloodsports in 2013 we did a like played on the stage which mm-hmm. was really good gig actually it was a great vibe yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's quite it's quite a different experience here playing you know
0: yeah in a store, I yeah but I really enjoyed it. It, yeah. it the energy was great I don't know why it's just one of those yeah. really good really good awesome. really, really good vibe here cool
1: um so I wanted to start off just by asking you in regards to your book of course why you chose this particular moment in time to put your words into print and release them to the public as it were and i wondered whether you were quite nervous about publishing it
0: yeah i think i was quite nervous about it i, I mean I, you know it's a it's a big step uh, writing about your life in a really sort of candid way mm. um it's 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 quite a risk in lots of ways because you don't quite know how it's going to how it's going to land with people yeah and you know the, the the sort of nightmare situation would be to be very sort of graphic about yourself emotionally and for people to sort of you know laugh at it yeah which which could happen you know if I didn't do it if I hadn't done it kind of carefully or whatever sensitively or whatever hopefully well um and that that was a big risk for me so that that was what I, I I was really really keen to make sure that the book kind of was readable and, mm. and read really well that was a really important thing for me I didn't just want to write a book that sort of like just was a list of things that had happened to me. It kind mm. of like didn't seem any point. So what? You know, yeah. some bloke is born, some bloke has a childhood, and some bloke gets into a band, and the band split up. So what? You know, yeah. happens to lots of people. I, I I kind of wanted to sort of, to sort of give it a little bit, um, a little bit of poetry, I suppose, mm. um, and that's hopefully what I've done.
1: In that sense, was it similar to to writing to recording an album and writing lyrics, or was it? But a very different process writing about. Uh,
0: and not really different, to be honest. It, it, <clears throat> you know, the the freedom that you that you have when you're writing um, prose is so different. You can kind of go anywhere. You know, when you're writing songs, it's you've got to obey the laws of music, kind mm. of thing. Even if you don't, you you're still you're still you know, it's still music rather than prose. And so you're kind of you're obeying the laws of rhyme and the laws of rhythm and all these sorts of things. You know, and you're sort of like you know it's much more rigid how you how you can use words in songs i think mm. um and when you're writing prose the only sort of law that you've got to obey is logic really and you can go anywhere and obviously that's its own law and you don't have to obey logic when you're when you're um writing songs you can kind of like you can be quite abstract and stuff like that mm. but but um i enjoyed the enjoyed the the the, the shift i enjoy, really enjoyed the change i thought it was a, a, a really I, I, I love doing it I, and, I'd, and I'd sort of like to write some more I think
1: yeah and you wrote this book of course for your son Evolution. Mm. and was that quite was it a cathartic experience writing the book obviously looking back over so many years but also knowing that it was for your son who one day is of course going to read this yeah. and have a great insight into who his dad was and yeah. how he lived and where he came from
0: Yes, that was, I mean, that was the main, the sort of motivation for writing, it. really, that was, it was kind of like leaving something for him, really, because he's, he's only little, he's only five, and, uh, you know, he's not ready to hear me bleating on about <laughs> my life right <laughs> yet, and he, you know, he probably won't be ready for maybe in 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, he's you, you sort of my dad, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, but there will be a point in his life that he's interested, yeah. you know, and, and, and and that but the books all, all always going to be sitting there waiting yeah. for him to sort of read it and i don't really know why i want him to know i just sort of thought it's a, it's i think having children it becomes part of your um this sort of chain of i don't know you, you have this sort of sense of a chain of inheritance mm. when you have when you have children you know you're kind of like you're very conscious of you being a son and being a father and all of these things, and I suppose it's just part of that, really. Yeah. I suppose I don't really know if it, what it is beyond that. If it's, if it's kind of ego, or maybe it's a bit of ego as well. I don't know.
1: Um, I read somewhere that you say that you, you have like a collection of books and you pick them up maybe every two years and mm. reread them. But every time you read it, it, it's very different for you. Yeah. Do you think when Lucian comes to read this, that he might read it when he's twenty, but he might read it when he's forty and take so many different things from it because he will maybe see things. From what you've written that will be in himself in a way and I suppose when you were writing this you also could see how when you were a lot younger you thought something and then you like you've kind of learned a lot about yourself while you're reading it too and do you think that will help him learn about himself reading about your process and in, in, in writing and about where you came from
0: I think so yeah I think that that's exactly true I think as you get older you sort of see yourself differently because you are different and you and you sort of I think when you're young you kind of what me, personally speaking, you know, when I when I was younger, uh, you know, I I wasn't really interested in anything to do with sort of my family or where my dad was born or anything like mm. that. And as you get older, you, you kind of, and when your parents die, you kind of become interested in those sorts mm. of things. So you do definitely, so you start to view yourself and your and your place in the world differently. So yeah, I do think you look at things differently as you as your experiences change, and you you'll he'll. I, I I see myself differently, and I'm sure he will as well.
1: Mm. Do you think that's one of the things that also inspired you to write it? How you view your parents differently now to how you did when you were living with them back in yeah. Heywood, and and as obviously things in your life continue to change and evolve.
0: Yes, I think so. I think these I think these things they're always they're always changeable. You know, life isn't. There's no sort of like absolute points with life. I don't think. I think that you're always no. to, you're always you're you're always sort of um, challenging your con- your perceptions about things, I think that's quite good. It's mm. always, you know, it's a, it's quite a healthy state of mind to have. I don't think you should always, anyone should accept any absolute truth.
1: No, I completely agree. Um, and finally, I just wanted to touch on, you said it earlier, actually, you, you enjoyed it so much, maybe you'd want to, to do it again. Mm. Obviously, Cold Black Mornings very much is a story in itself and it, and it starts and ends where it does mm. for, re- for very specific reasons. You say that, I think you say in the foreword that it's definitely a book about... Um, sort of struggle and it's not a book about success which obviously so many musicians Mm. kind of autobiographies memoirs are Mm. do you think you've got another story to tell that you might tell us someday
0: Um, well there's definitely another story there whether i whether i feel as i've got the kind of tools to to tell it it's a you know it was very important for me to to finish the cold black mornings where it finishes Mm. Um, because it felt like you know it's a, a very symbolic moment in a band's career when they get signed, yeah. And so that's that you know that was the moment that I finished it because I thought it's it's sort of that's the first point at which you're sort of like publicly accepted. Up until then, you're sort of striving to achieve something, and I wanted the wanted the book to have a tone to have a sense. Of, and I say it's about failure. And lots of lots of people that I've spoken to sort of disagree that it's about failure. A, lot of, a few people have said it's they think it's about struggle, and it, I suppose it is in lots of ways, but um uh. And but I think for me, um, it's going to be difficult writing part two because it's difficult to talk about your kind of career once it starts take once it takes off because it becomes very sort of um, what's the word? It just becomes it, it becomes this sort of you get on a treadmill mm. that and and every band do the same thing. Every band goes on top of the pops, Every band goes on tour every band gets off, of it, off their faces, every band splits up. It's this sort of, it's this predictable cycle of uh, uh, of kind of like, you know, there's, there's these phases that you, every band's, you know, uh, struggle, success, struggle, recognition, success, self-destruction. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. this predi- predictable yeah. thing. It's, a, it's almost like a, a sort of template. And to write about that and to give it any kind of grace and poetry is quite hard, I mm. think. So I'd have to make sure it was, you know, if there's anything that's good about Cold Black Mornings is that it feels it feels like my story. Mm. I, I feel like I have ownership over it, which yeah. I don't... I, Almost like As soon as you get successful, it's sort of other people's story as well. So, yeah, like a shared so- I don't know. i have to wait and see. Watch this space.
1: Okay, you heard it, you heard it here. Maybe huh. first. <laughs> um, so just moving on, and I asked you... Today, to bring along some records that mm. are both I've got them under
0: my favorite. arm here. You do have them under your arm. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> here they are. You can hear them creaking.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you suggested to me actually that you, they might relate yeah. to the book, which is amazing. Mm. Um, so I wondered if you could quickly take us through them. And what I can.
0: Well, them? the first record I've got here under my arm is, um, is uh, Bodies by the Sex Pistols, um, awesome. which is uh, from the album Nevermind the Bollocks, of course which is was the first record that i bought um and i it's kind of quite an important part of the book where i kind of like i i i save up money from my paper round and i march up to Haywards heath market <laughs> and buy my copy of never mind the bollocks and take it home to my turntable and it kind of lives on my turntable for months and months and months and bodies is um is my favourite song on Never Mind the Bollocks. It's 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 a, an amazing piece of sort of a, a insurrection and kind of a, a beautiful kind of anguished yowl and uh, and it's it's still fresh and still exciting even after all these years.
1: Amazing. So let's listen to Bodies. <laughs> Bodies by the Sex Pistols, of course. Um, your next record, which you have for us today, under your arm.
0: <laughs> under my arm, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go from, from one sort of extreme to another. Uh, so we just had Bodies by the Sex Pistols, and I think, you know, that was a very key thing for me as a growing up But um, there was also other music in my household at the time. And um, my mum, my dad was a was a huge classical music fan, and he used to listen to Obsessed with with people like Franz Liszt and things like that. Mm. Um, but my mum used to listen to lots of folk music, and she's listened to lots of Joni Mitchell. And uh, the next record I've chosen is um, by Joni Mitchell, and it is called um, "Both Sides Now." Is it called "Both Sides Now" or "Clouds"? God, I don't even know. "Bows and Flows of Angel." Hair. I think it's. I think it's called both. I never know. It's. I know the song very <laughs> I well. I think it is both. Sides Both sides now. now. It's, a, thinking... it's just a beautiful song. It's just such a... Um, Joni Mitchell's one of those kind of amazing artists that sort of, there's something so natural about her. You can see there's, there's nothing mannered about it. It's almost like the music just sort of Sort of, comes out of her somehow. It's just, she's this sort of creator of amazing tunes. and All of those early um, folky albums like Song for the Seagull and Ladies of the Canyon and all those records, they're just such beautiful records and blue, of course. Uh, and this one is—it's co- co- God, that sounds terrible. Is it called Clouds? Or anyway, this this song both sounds now it's just a beautiful song, and it's just—it's I love the the lyrics in it about kind of um, um, you know, it's, there's a sort of regretful, melancholy tone to it, which I love.
1: So let's hear Joni Mitchell and both sides now.
2: block the sun They rain and they snow on everyone So many things I would have done But clouds guard in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now come up and down and still somehow it's cloud illusions I recall I really don't know cloud. Fairy wheels the dizzy dancing way that you feel as every fairy tale comes real i've looked at love that way, but now it's just another show Something's lost But something's gained They don't know life. I really don't know life I really don't know
1: Mitchell and you've got one more record for us, but just before uh, we I think we'll play out with that actually. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming in and talking to me today and for launching your wonderful book at Rough Trade. We're really excited to be to be hosting that today. Um, I want to wish you every success with the launch thank you. of your book, and I hope that anyone listening who's curious, who may not have heard that you are having a book coming out or maybe doesn't know that much about mm. you, to go and read it because it's absolutely not. Solely for suede fans, it's a really a poignant read and I urge anyone to go and get it. Um, Thank you. You're very welcome. But um, if you could tell us about your third record and where
0: yeah, Yeah. Uh, so the third record I've brought under my arm is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's by a band called Felt. Um, and Felt... <clears throat> then People don't sort of know so much about Felt anymore, but when I chose it because um one of the sort of sections in 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 cold black mornings is uh it's about when i was a student in and in, in this i was a student in kind of like the sort of mid to late 80s and there was lots of bands around like the smiths and 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 house martins and all these sorts of bands that people kind of remember more and felt one of these bands that were were, were you know i used to listen to with matt the bass player from sweden we used to sit there and listen to this record and it's just such a beautiful beautiful record it's called primitive painters um and it's a, it's a kind of duet with uh, with with Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocteau Twins. Um, we should sort of sit there, and I just remember kind of like sitting in this old sort of rundown house that we used to live in in, in Wilberforce Road in, in 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 Finsbury Park, and we used to eat. Um, it used to be freezing cold. And we used to sort of sit there. We used to have these little gas fires and that was the only sort of like source of one you just sit there and crack pistachio nuts because <laughs> that's all the, uh, the only food we could afford and dying. listen to Primitive Painters by Felt over and over and over again because it's such a beautiful record so um, here it is
1: and thank you very much Brett Anderson thank you
0: Trade Radio
2: Feels so good to fall in love. Why do I feel so far from Start find
0: Music for the long emergency by Polisa and Stargaze. Available online and in store at roughtrade.com.